0: Hey guys, my name is Eden Richardson. I'm the discipleship director here at First Baptist Rock Hill. Thank you so much for tuning in from from our pastor's sermon from this past Sunday. We are so excited for what God's gonna teach you through his word today. We hope that it blesses, encourages, and challenges you as you listen. Also be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you'll get to see these weekly sermons. We hope you enjoy it and thank you so much. Well, church family, I have to say it's kind of weird to go from talking about how great Jesus' name is to talking about what you're going to have for lunch or dinner. <laughs> Do what? Cracker barrel. Cracker barrel. That's not bad. That's pretty good. I, uh, I, I wanted to ask a question. Why is it that so many of the things we like to eat are bad for us? I mean, I really miss mom's fried chicken. And, and her chicken had, you know, a really thick, crunchy crust, and it was juicy on the inside. But now, she fried it in her cast iron skillet, and and with lard. You know, not not grease you pour out of a bottle, lard. And if you young people don't know what lard is, it clogs your arteries, but it's good. Or I miss Mom's chicken and dumplings, and and she would drop her dumplings, and they were very fluffy, and the gravy, you know, she would make with buttermilk, and it was oh, it was just good chicken and dumplings, and uh, fried salmon patties, and cornbread with a crunchy crust, but still moist on the inside. Just good corn, all of that great stuff. None of it was good for me, but I loved it. We all know that what you eat impacts your health, unhealthy stuff, bad health, healthy stuff, better health. We get that right physically. That is also true in your spiritual life, that what you put into you shapes who you are becoming as a follower of Christ the food that you eat, what you feed yourself with. And I want to talk about that today. So I invite you to open your Bible with me to the book of Galatians in the New Testament, chapter five. And before we get there, I want to lay a foundation. Just want to make one important point. And the first point, and and, and this, this, this will help you understand what I'm preaching today. The first point is this, is that each of us as followers of Jesus Christ have two natures, we have two natures, and we're always feeding one of them more than we feed the other. Now, every person in the world has one nature. It's the nature you're born with. You inherit that nature from your mom and dad at birth. It's part of your DNA. It's your physical nature. And the Bible often talks about that nature being a sinful nature, nature, nature a fallen nature, a corrupt nature with a propensity for sin. Yes, you can do good, but you will sin. In fact, all of us are sinners. And even though you are created in the image of God, that sinful, fallen, corrupt nature, that physical nature you have at birth distorts God's image in your life. And you're going to have these passions to do wrong. You're going to sin. That's that sinful nature. But when you became a believer, you became a follower of Jesus, you were were born again. You were born spiritually. You were born from above. And at that moment, you received from God a second nature, your spiritual nature. And lost people don't have that nature. Only followers of Jesus have this second nature, this spiritual nature that, that the Holy Spirit comes into your life and births you spiritually into the family of God and you have this new nature. You are a new person, if you will, It's part of your union with Christ and with Jesus. His family, and it's that part of you then that, that, that motivates you to, to want to love God and serve God and obey God and live godly and to grow as a Christian and gives you all these new godly desires. And so you have those two natures and you're always feeding them, but you're feeding one more than the other. And let me say one more thing before we get to our text in Galatians. You as a, tri- as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus, you already have inside you, within you, everything you need to live as a godly Christian. To live in obedience to Jesus, to be faithful, to love him, serve him, and follow him. You may not be tapping into it, but you have within you the capacity to be a faithful, godly Christian. And I say that because too often I hear believers say, you know, I can't change. I can't grow. I can't read. I can never learn to read and understand the Bible. And I want you to say, listen, listen, you, because you know Christ and you have that spiritual nature, you do have the capacity to be a faithful, obedient, grow. Disciple of Jesus. I want you to look at what Peter says in 2 Peter here on the screen. In verse 3, he said, Seeing that his divine power, God's power, has granted to us, those of us who are believers, everything pertaining to life and godliness through our knowledge, our relationship with Jesus. In other words, God has already given you the power, it is in you the power to know God, to have life spiritual life, but also for godliness, for godliness. Now look at verse four. He says, he's also granted us or given to us these promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now when he says you are partakers in the divine nature. That does not mean you are deity, you are divine, you are, you know, you're a little God. It doesn't mean any of that. But what it means is when you were saved, the Holy Spirit came and took up residence in your life and he lives inside you. God is in you. The Bible teaches you are in Christ and Christ is in you. The Holy Spirit comes into your life at the moment of salvation. And and that's when you receive that spiritual nature as you're born again. And so the Holy Spirit living in you, this spiritual nature, you have the power, you have the presence of God already in your life to live obediently, faithfully, godly. You just have to tap into it. You need to feed that spiritual nature. And starve the old nature, the old man. And we're going to talk about that. But I wanted to lay the foundation. You have these two natures. You feed them. You feed one more than the other. But I'm telling you, if you will feed your spiritual nature, you can live for Jesus the way you've always dreamed of living for Jesus. And until you, uh, listen, you need to accept that. And stop saying, stop saying, I can't. As long as you say, I can't, you never will. You need to realize you can because of what Christ is doing in your life. So Galatians chapter 5, I want us to study about this and how to feed our spiritual nature and not the fleshly sinful nature. We're going to read several verses, more than we normally read on Sunday morning because I want you to see the big picture. And rather than getting hung up on one verse, I want you to see the big picture of what this passage is saying, okay? Let me see your copy of God's Word. you have it with you? Hold it up. Hold it up. Thank you for bringing God's word with you. And by the way, I I see some of our students out here. I just want to remind you, a lot of our students are converged. That's at Myrtle Beach this year, right? Myrtle Beach. So a lot of our students are down at Myrtle Beach. They're coming back today. So you be praying for them, okay? All right. Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 13. He says, for you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In this statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit and the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you, that, that you please. Verse, verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you, you are not under the law. Now, notice this in verse 19. The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, Disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things, who live this way, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Now, we've already said that we have two natures, the fleshly nature from birth sinful, and the spiritual nature we received from God when we were born again, when we were saved. And you, you feed them. You're feeding one more than the other. Here's the second lesson. You are free. You are free to feed whichever nature you choose. It's your choice. It's your choice. You're free. And, and he begins this passage in verse 13 by talking about your freedom. And as people who made the decision to be followers of Jesus, you must also make the decision, I am a disciple, I am a Christian, and I choose to feed that relationship, who I am as a disciple, and not feed the old man. And that's a decision you've got to make once for your life that says, this is who I am and how I'm living. It's sort of like the decision about church attendance If you're making the decision on Sunday morning or Saturday night about church, you haven't figured it out yet. Because worship on Sundays is a lifetime decision. You've made the decision, I'm a follower of Jesus, and on the Lord's day, I will be in the Lord's house with his people unless it's absolutely impossible for me to be there. And so you don't make that decision week to week. And when it comes to saying I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm going to feed my spiritual nature, that's not a decision you make day to day. That's a lifetime decision. This is who I am. Now, having done that, you will make decisions day to day and in certain moments to really, really do that and say no to other things. But you've got to settle who you are. That you've got these two natures. And you're you're free to feed them, but you make up your mind. I'm feeding my spiritual nature, and I'm going to starve to death that old fleshly, sinful nature. In verse 13, he says, do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh and for its passions. The word opportunity there is a military term. It literally is referring to a military base of operation from which you can attack your enemy or your enemy's base from which they can attack you. The American, arm, the, the American military, we have bases all over the world. We have military bases in Europe, in the Middle East, Africa, Asia, and Japan. In Korea, why? So that we are in a better position to defend ourselves and to attack if it ever becomes necessary. So we have those military bases. And what he's saying here is don't give a military base of operation in your life for your flesh, your old person, your sinful nature... And it's passions. Don't give a base of operation in your life from which it can more easily attack you, defeat you, kill you. Give you one example. There could be hundreds of examples. Give you one. Pornography. What are you doing when you watch or look at pornography? You're allowing sin your flesh to have a military base in your life from which it can more readily and quickly attack you and ruin your life, ruin your marriage, ruin your thinking and your ability to have a great relationship with a spouse someday. And you're saying, here I am, come and defeat me because you're giving it a place in your life from which sin can attack you so easily. And he's saying, yes, you're free to feed either nature, but don't make it easy for your fleshly passions and sin to get the better of you by giving it a place from which it can make you struggle and attack you. Now, here's the third point. So you have these two natures. You're going to feed one more than the other. You're free, so choose wisely. Number three, these two natures, this fleshly nature, cornal nature, and this, this spiritual nat- nature, they, they, they hate each other. They don't like each other. They are at war with each other. They're, they're fighting each other in your life. Trying to get you to come over to this side or that side to get you to strengthen one and weaken the other. They're, They're at war with each other. He talks about that in verse 17 when he says, the flesh sets its desires against the spirit. In other words, the fleshly nature that you have as a human being fights against what the Holy Spirit of God is trying to do in your life. But then he says... The Spirit fights against the flesh because the Holy Spirit of God is trying to lead you and empower you and motivate you to do the opposite of what your human flesh wants you to do. And they're at war with each other. When Russia invaded Ukraine, and as a nation we are helping Ukraine by giving them military weapons, artillery, air defense weapons, any tank weapons, when the terrorist organization Hamas invaded and attacked Israel. We're helping Israel with, with a defense that can shoot down missiles that terrorists are, are shooting into the country. And you have these two natures in you, your flesh with all of its passions, its lust. And You have the Holy Spirit in you trying to grow you spiritually, trying to grow you as a follower of Jesus. My question to you is, which one are you giving weapons to? Not not just which one are you giving a, a military base of operation from which he can attack you, which one are you giving weapons to? Because when you feed the flesh, you are weaponizing the flesh. And when you feed the spirit, you are weaponizing the spirit in your life. Which one are you giving weapons to? And which one are you making stronger? Which are you making more powerful in your life? Which one are you strengthening? It's the one you're feeding. The one you feed, that's the one you're giving weapons to. The one one you feed, that's the one you're giving a base of operation in your life. The one you feed, that's the one you're making more powerful and stronger. That's the one you're giving the upper hand to in your life. Which one is it? Are you doing more to feed your spiritual life and your walk with God, or more to feed your flesh and your carnal nature? You're you're feeding, which one are you feeding more? You need to understand that the results you get, the outcomes, are different depending on the one you feed more. And he makes that really clear here fourth lesson is the results, the outcome, the results of feeding your sinful nature are painful, destructive. Look at what he says in verses 19 and following. You have your Bible look at it again. Verse 19. He said the deeds of the flesh are these. They're self-evident. Immorality. It's the word pornea. It refers to every form of sexual sin that exists. It it includes everything from lust to adultery to fornication, to homosexual behavior, any and all of that. This is a broad word that includes any and all, absolutely every sexual activity that is contrary to the moral standards of God. That's what the flesh is trying to produce. And it knows the one you're more susceptible to. Impurity, sensuality. Sensuality. I mean, you can't, it's difficult to watch television or movies today without it being in your face all the time. Where do you think that comes from? Why do you think that in our culture, Modesty is laughed at and ridiculed. It's because in our world, the fallen nature, the flesh, has more control over more people. And what did he say in verse 13? Don't turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh and its passions. And what we are doing in this country with our freedoms is abusing them to destroy ourselves. And we're too stupid to know it. Probably shouldn't have said it that way, but it's still the truth. Idolatry there in verse 20, sorcery, enmities. Notice the broken relationships, enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. Man he talks a lot about just being mad all the time, didn't he? Fighting with people, conflict, broken relationships, that's the fruit of the flesh, not the spirit. 21, envying, drunkenness, carousing, drunkenness and carousing go together. What is he talking about there? He's talking about parties where the beer and whiskey flow, hot and heavy, which often is associated with the sexual immorality as well. Where do you think that comes from? Human nature. Your fallen, sinful, carnal nature. You feeding it? Are you feeding it? Hmm. Then he says, "I'm warning you. Those who live that way, they will not inherit the kingdom of God." I summarize. These behaviors that your flesh is trying to produce is sinful, living, destructive behavior, broken relationships, selfish choices, and great spiritual danger. That's what your man's nature, your sinful, your, what you, the nature you were born. Can, can sinful people do good things? Yes. But our nature will take us that direction every time. But you have another nature. You have your spiritual nature. And God's wanting to produce some things in you that's very, very different from what the flesh is. The results of feeding your spiritual life are life-giving, and they're healthy, and they're good. Look at verses 22. He said, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Beautiful list in verse 14, loving people. Growing up on a farm, we grew several acres of hay that we would put in the barn loft every year, twice a year, and several acres of corn to feed our cattle and horses and ponies and sometimes the hogs. We had two large family gardens, put up a lot of food for years. I, as a kid, had my own garden so I could learn And I learned when you plant stuff and you fertilize it and you make sure it's watered and you keep the bugs off and you hoe it and keep the weeds from choking it out, it grows and it produces. And man, throughout the year, even in the wintertime, we had good food. And what he's saying here is the Holy Spirit of God who lives in you as a disciple of Jesus is growing a crop, Here is called the fruit of the Spirit. We had several varieties of apple trees on our farm. Had a pear tree, plum tree. Well, actually, the pear tree was on my neighbor's, and as kids, we'd go over and steal their pears. They were really good. And, and the Spirit of God in your spiritual life is seeking to produce these beautiful, beautiful things of peace, love, joy patience, faithfulness, self-control. Look at the list. Godly living, healthy behavior, good relationships, kindness, peace, and joy. That's what God, as you feed your spiritual life, is producing in you. Now, uh, none of us are are perfect. You may on that other list have some of those sins in your life, but I'm going to tell you something. If you're growing in Jesus, where you are today is not where you are 10 years ago. If you have an issue with Patience. as time goes by and you grow in Jesus, you become more patient. If you have a problem with with your temper and anger as time goes by and you grow in Jesus, you start getting the handle on your temper because God never lets you stay where you were. He's always producing fruit. He's always growing in you. It's a lifelong journey, but you're growing. Now, which one do you want? Let's put these two lists together. I want you to look at them side by side. On the left is what your human flesh, your fallen nature, your sinful nature wants to produce in you. On the right is what the Holy Spirit of God through your spiritual life is wanting to produce in you. Which one of those do you want to be true of you? Which one do you want to see grow and develop in you? Which list? Well, whichever nature you feed, there's your destiny. And there's no way around it. Whichever nature you feed, those will be the outcomes. So let me wrap this up. He gives us here what I'm calling two keys to, to victory, two keys to, to feeding your spiritual nature and starving, starving out your sinful fleshly nature. One of them is negatively stated. The other is positively stated. The first one, here's one of the keys to victory, to, to, is, is he talks about crucifying your flesh with its passions. In other words, stop feeding it. Look at verse 24. He says, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And there's really two aspects to crucifying the flesh. One is past, the other is present. Past, he says, you have. That happened when you got saved. When you became a follower of Jesus, in a very real way, in a spiritual way, you identify with Jesus. And on that cross, when you got saved, you died with Jesus. The old you died. And you buried that man. You buried that woman. You're connected to Christ. You're united with Jesus. And the old you is dead and buried in a very real sense. I'm a new person. It's when we baptize people. That's what it's symbolizing. The body standing up like I am and the water is a picture of a cross. Baptism is a symbol of this spiritual truth symbol of the cross on which Jesus died when you go under the water, a picture of Jesus being buried. When you come up, a picture of Jesus being raised to new life. But it's also a symbol, a picture of when you give your life to Jesus, the old person that you were dies with Jesus and you bury him, you bury her. And when you come out of the water, it's picturing what Paul says in Romans, that you are raised to walk in newness of life. You are a new person. The baptism doesn't do it. The baptism is a picture of what happened to you spiritually when you gave your life to Jesus. You buried that old person. He's in the grave. She's in the grave. Let me ask you, why are you trying to resurrect that old dead person? When you feed your flesh... When you feed these passions and temptations and desires, when you, when you feed that carnal nature, it's like you're going over here to the old person you used to be before Jesus and saying, hey, let's get up out of the grave and do some stuff together. It doesn't make sense. You're a new person. Crucifying the flesh says, I'm leaving you in the grave, bud. You're not getting out. I'm not going to do anything to help you get out. You stay there. I'm somebody new and I'm going to live like it. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman. I'm a spiritual person. And I'm going to let the power of God work in my life. You stay dead. I'm not feeding you anything that gives you an upper hand in my life. Now, the second key that's positively stated is to walk in the spirit. To walk in the spirit, to feed your spiritual life. He talks about it three times in this passage. Verse 16, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. In verse 18, be led by the Spirit. Down in in, uh, verse, uh, verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. In other words, when you became a believer, what happened was the Holy Spirit convicted you of your sin, convinced you of your need for Jesus, drew you to him. And when you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came into your life and converted you and birthed you into the family of God. And he's still there giving you all the power of God at your call to live for Jesus. That's your life. And he said, you you were made spiritually alive as the Holy Spirit did that work in your life. What do you do to live the Christian life? You just walk in the Spirit instead of the flesh. You listen to the Holy Spirit. He prompts you. He prompts you. He'll speak to you. You listen to him. And when you listen to him, guess what? You find there's the power to do what he says. But when you tune him out, you ignore him. You shout him down. You become so spiritually weak that the flesh gets you every time. There's a choice. I'm a spiritual person. I'm I'm in Jesus. I'm a follower of Christ. And I'm going to listen when the Holy Spirit prompts me. And I'm going to feed the spiritual me. I'm going to feed my spiritual life. That's why our Bible reading plan and devotions are so important that you consistently feed your stuff good stuff and don't feed yourself the bad stuff so to speak. So tying this all together, you have two natures and you're always feeding one of them. Which one do you feed more? And so stop feeding the flesh, begin feeding the spirit on a consistent daily basis to get spiritually healthy. And to do that, it means I'm going to pay attention to what I watch, and what I do, and what I listen to because those feed one of my natures. It means I'm going to pay attention to where I go and where I hang out because those things will feed one of my two natures. It means I will pay attention to who I listen to and allow to influence me because they feed one of my two natures. So let me ask you something. What are you doing on a daily basis to feed your spiritual nature? What's the answer? Anything? Anything? What are you doing? What are you doing that feeds your sinful nature and gives it strength in your life? What are you doing? What's one thing one thing you need to stop doing? What's one thing you need to start doing? Because do you know who is in control of which of your two natures becomes more powerful? You are. Do you know who is in control of which of your two natures gets fed more? You are. Do you know who is in charge of which of your two natures has the weapons needed to take over your life? You are. You are. So what one thing do you need to stop because it's empowering your flesh. One thing, what is it? And again, one thing you need to begin doing or begin doing more consistently because it will feed your soul. It will feed your spiritual life. It will feed your walk with Jesus. I want you to talk to God about it right now. This is not something you need to start tomorrow. This is something you start right now. Talk to God about it. Get on your knees at this altar as we sing this song with Hunter. Pour out your heart to God and tell him, Lord, I want my spiritual nature to overwhelm my fleshly nature. I'm going to stop this, God, and I'm going to start this, God. Talk to him about it. Pastors are coming to stand here at the front. And if you only have the old man, the fleshly nature, you don't have the spiritual nature because you've never been born again, never been saved, come to one of these pastors and say today, I want Jesus in my life. I'm, I want to become a follower of Jesus and be saved, and I want that spiritual nature, and I want to follow Jesus and grow in Christ-likeness. Come to one of these pastors. If you want to join this church or request baptism, come to one of these pastors. you want to pray with someone, Come. The altar is here for you to get on your knees, to pray by yourself, to pray with brothers and sisters, to pray for your own self, to pray for others. Let's stand as Hunter leads us. You come quickly. Just come on. You know what you need to do. Do it right now. Quickly. Come on. Right now. Quickly. Come on.